Well, good afternoon, and thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is The Trick to Reading a Book a Week. We're also hopefully going to have a chat with Christina, who is over in San Francisco at the moment. So we're going to have a look at uh, business in San Francisco. But right now, we're going to have a chat with Julie Watson, who is a speaker on coping with challenges. And we're going to be talking about stronger than my excuses. So good afternoon, Julie. Good afternoon, Julian. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, so, so why have you started speaking about this topic and, and how has it been stronger than your excuses? Oh, look, for me, it all started about eight years ago when I needed some motivation. Um, I knew that I had saved some articles on my computer, things Richard Branson and the like, and I came across this article called Overcoming Adversity, So You Think You've Got It Bad. But great, this is just what I need. Mm -hmm. So I was about three lines in when I realised it was actually my own article. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd written this years earlier when I, I wanted to become a speaker and a writer. And um, so I wanted to get my message out there about becoming stronger than my excuses. But I'd forgotten all about it because, uh, you know, I never did anything about it. So it never took me anywhere back then. So when I reread it, the, well, the article went on to discuss my diagnosis with chronic renal failure. Um, I was 26 at the time. There was, it went on about my five years on dialysis, over 32 admissions to Royal Prince Alfred Hospital, thousands of needles, regular seizures, surgeries, biopsies, chest cam, gut cam, butt cams, mm, you know. Challenges. It. Yeah. But during all of that time, I actually ran a small business. I played sport. I was even a surf lifesaver. Um, I contributed to the community quite a bit, and I really did all that because I wanted to be a role model for my son. But it's a long story. I won't go on. But mm. I now have my dad's kidney, and I've had it for over 23 years, and we're both still fit and healthy. But what happened to me during that time was that I realised the difference between being positive and being confident. The positivity was what got me through those adversities, but it was the confidence that I learned later that really started helping me achieve my goals. So that's, that's really when I stopped procrastinating and I started using action habits. So now I, get to, I work from anywhere in the world and I just have a fantastic balanced lifestyle. So... Wonderful. So, so why do you, most people procrastinate even though they have set goals and, and are passionate about them? Oh, gosh. Okay, where do I start? It's a really good question, Julian. Uh, so we all have these protective brains. Our brain doesn't want us to be hurt physically or emotionally. So, And this is a good thing. So when we form habits, they put us into this autopilot mode. Um, so, for, you know, we've all driven, you drive to work and you can't remember the entire trip, you know, mm, mm. Uh, but, but you know that you automatically stepped on the brake when you needed to. So we need these habits and they're, they're, they're learnt over time. It takes time to learn them. Same with any new habit. But um, they also, the autopilot setting limits our opportunities too. So, you see, the brain actually cannot conceive goals. So I'll give you an example. If, if the goal is to, say, increase your sales by 10% or you want to lose 
and wait, you're never going to feel like making those sales calls and you're never going to feel like choosing the carrot over the chocolate. Mm. But that's because your brain wants you to stay in your comfort zone. So it's going to talk you out of it, procrastinate. So until you can prove to your brain that there's a really good reason for making the change, it's going to keep doing that, keep stopping you. So a couple of things that uh, come to mind would be Nike, you know, the Nike logo, just Mm. do it. Mm. You really have to force yourself to take immediate action when you think of something you want to do. So I've learned a few specific tools um, and just through watching motivational videos and I watch them over and over, which which brings me to another really important thing is repetition of learning. Um, It's not just learning it and hearing it a few times, but it's critically important that and there's more than one reason that we need to hear things over and over but you know there's just a couple of things that I do to to really help me build that drive Mm. um to beat my own brain's fears and doubts and um you know we all heard that saying procrastination is a thief of time and I I go by that so so why is repetition so important surely as adults we should be able to learn fairly quickly what we do and what not to do Yes, um, look, there's two things. And firstly, we all understand the repetition of learning and we did this with our times tables and our, you know, our alphabet at school. But when we become adults, we are actually using a different part of the brain. I'll give you an example, though, about um, learning. So you go to a seminar, you learn something, you know, you want to learn something new. At first, you're paying full attention. We all know that attention span doesn't last that long, but mm. it's very easy to be distracted during the presentation. Your mind wanders because of something the presenter has said or because people are coming in and out the door or something's happening. But what did you miss during that time? So, um, you know, it's, it's happening to some of your listeners right now, potentially. <laughs> They're mm. drifting off. Mm. But, But... The second reason is more important, and this is the thing people don't consider. In three months' time, your perception of that very same seminar that you went to will have changed because of what's happened in your life. So, you know, you'll you'll find yourself going, oh, now I get what she means about making the hardest sales calls first because now I need to make sales calls. But back then when I heard it the first time, I was in marketing. I didn't Mm. need that. Mm. It was irrelevant to me. So now it really means something. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, Um, yeah, I watch the same motivational videos all the time. So summing up or moving towards the end there, what are some of the ways to break old habits and make new habits? It it seems too hard and life keeps getting in the way. What what tools can I use? Well, guess what? (laughs) Life is always going to get in the way we can't use it as an excuse so that's why it it really sounds simple some of these things i'm talking about but it's not that easy we all know what we need to do you know pick up the phone make the sales calls it's it sounds so easy but why aren't we doing it Mm. so look there's plenty of reasons for that but for now um what i will focus on is what you, you said about life getting in the way it's murphy's law it says that you know, on the one day that you get all excited and you decide this is the day I'm going to get up early, I'm going to do some extra things, I'm, you know, some extra things towards my goal today. Mm. And that will be the very day that the kids come down and say, I've got to be at school early today. You know, your hubby comes in and says, 
I can't find my work boots. Mm. And then you go to the fridge, there's no milk. You know, mm. everything will go wrong. But you, you simply must decide to start it again tomorrow. Mm. Because, but if this keeps happening, make a new plan. Work at night. Work from an external office. But don't throw in the towel because then that's just using an excuse. Yeah. And you've got to be stronger than your excuses, and that's what it's all about. But one trick, um, a couple of things I've learned is to count backwards from five to one and then move. Now, this is a real tool that people can use at home. Mm. So I hope they're listening carefully. The moment you hear yourself saying, I should, uh, count backwards from five, five, four, three, two, one, and then move. Just simply stand up, take a step, pick up the phone, send an email, do a stretch, take any form of physical action because... Counting backwards is scientifically proven to disrupt your old thought patterns, those old habits. And 80% of the time when you take that first initial little action, you will sit there and do the rest of it or you'll continue. Right. You know, the next time you'll, you'll continue and you'll make the sales calls or you'll continue on your walk or whatever yeah. it is you should be doing. Yeah. Okay. And another thing I do do, um, just to let you know, is I write... I write lists, a daily checklist, but I also make sure I add myself something for me to the list okay. every day. Yeah. So it really works for me. And I've, I've put it on my phone and I take it with me and my list is like a flow chart. Have you done this? Are you doing that? So it really keeps me on track. Great. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time, Julie. We'll have a chat That's with you again right. another time. I, yeah, I hope I've helped some of listeners to Thank become you. stronger than their excuses. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks, Julian. Bye. Julie Watson there with uh, Becoming Stronger Than Excuses. And uh, as my friend Dale Beaumont often says, you can make money or you can make excuses, but you can't make both. It's time to pop over to San Francisco and have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina, or good evening for you. Good, it is indeed a good evening, um, and it, I can't wait to get back into my own time zone, I must say, Julian. <laughs> so you're at a conference over there in San Francisco. You're going to tell us about some of the highlights. Yeah, so we're at the Singularity U Global Summit at the moment, and I'd just like to preempt a lot of the um, conversation that has been happening um, at, the, at the summit with um, bringing attention to the articles that have been coming out lately from the New York Times and, and some other financial magazines from here that um, highlight that chief executives from the business roundtables, so we've got, we've got leaders from Apple, J, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase mm. and some other, other top companies who are actually moving away from shareholders being um, the main focus for how a, how a company works and coming back to being customer-centric and coming back to actually considering the mm. individuals and oh. the people that work in their organisation. So the things that we've actually been talking about quite regularly um, over the program about, you know, workplace culture and, and things like that and how you treat um, treat people within the organisation are now coming to light So to the, to the point that they've actually changed their business statement to say that they're moving away from a shareholder-centric um, way of running things to a more human-centric, and at this, so the whole purpose behind the Singularity U Australia, um, sorry, not Australia Summit, the Global Summit, which is where we are, is is how do we use technology to to solve problems and to create you know better outcomes for small businesses, for large businesses, and and for the world in general. And there's been again a lot of focus about coming back to 
the core concepts of the human and, you know, what is the future of humans as opposed to what's the future of technology, what's the future of organisations, what's the future of the ecosystem, um, how, how are civilizations like if we, if we look at ourselves as a civilization. Um, how do we best benefit people in that regard? So what are the That's things good. that need to come together in businesses? Yeah. So, we're, you know, we're really coming back to, I think we've talked before about um, the, you know, the elements and the focus on tribes in business and, yeah. and, you know, who's your target market, who's your tribe, whatever, who's the avatar, whatever language um, you want to use around that. But, you know, it's it's the people at the centre of everything. And, and what I've really noticed is that there's been... Um, less use of terms like the government and the bureaucracy and the organisation and the company and it's more talking in terms of the people and like naming certain people within organisations and how they function and how they run things. So we really are hopefully coming back to the human being absolutely matters and we're about to, to put our money where our mouth is and we're about to walk the talk around, um, you know, the, the most important aspect in any organisation is the human, whether it's the human that's working for you or right. the human um, that, that is purchasing from you or the human that's advising you. Yeah. The emphasis is coming back to who are we as a, as a human, as humanity. And that is showing itself in many, many businesses and in many, many business conversations that I've been listening to um, here over the last little while and then look there's also the so you know you walk down the street in san francisco and the homeless problem is absolutely shocking mm. so you 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 know it's about time that we started these these conversations around human beings um and then hopefully that will that transfers out but i've seen some wonderful things in that regard as well like businesses inviting more food businesses inviting homeless okay. people in and shouting them a cup of coffee every morning and things like that so that's right. been quite I haven't noticed that in all the times that I've been here as well. So I think Excellent. businesses, it's time to get absolutely human-centric. Great. Well, uh, have a safe trip back to Australia or continue to enjoy your conference. Have a safe trip to back to Australia and we'll talk to you next week from Australia uh, and we'll talk a little bit longer about your experiences overseas. Yeah, we'll be able to expand on or, and I'll, I'll share some, some of the other concepts with you as well around um, how businesses are using you know, mm. artificial intelligence um, and the latest in technology to, to advance. So Fantastic. look forward to speaking with you next week. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good week. Thanks, Julian. Bye. Christina there from San Francisco. Obviously, she can't wait to get back, having uh, tripping around from suitcase to suitcase. We'll talk to her next week. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. And this particular one, the trick to reading a book a week. A week. Reading non-fiction books is one of the best ways to stay engaged with the newest thinking in your field. But how can you make time for reading if your schedule is already overloaded? Understand that you don't need to read a non-fiction book cover to cover to learn from it. You can actually absorb just as much if you approach it in a different way. Start with the author bio to get a sense of the person's bias and perspective. Read the title, the subtitle, the front flap and the table of contents. What's the big picture argument? Read the introduction and the conclusion word for word, but quickly. Then, skim through each chapter, end with the table of contents to summarise the main points in your head, and when you're actively engaging with the material in this way, your mind is more alert and able to retain a great deal of information. So it's a great way of reading non-fiction or business books, and of course you'll find that some of those business books have often got a, a summary at the end of each chapter uh, 
in just a one-page summary about what the particular chapter was uh, about, and you can get a lot of information from that. So reading a book a week makes you an expert. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the uh, way of overcoming those procrastinations and not making excuses. We've had a chat with uh, Christina over there in San Francisco. And next week we're going to have a a little bit of a longer chat with Christina about her overseas business experiences and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. We'd love your company again at the same time for Business, the Law and You. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Stephen Hawking once said, however difficult life may seem, there's always something you can do and succeed at. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.